It's very, very, very important that you ask them in that way. After you ask them all these different details, because they're already answering your questions, you then want to uh, say, okay, off the top of your head, you don't have to be exact about how much is left of your mortgage. Then they'll give you a ballpark. Some people will still say none of your business, but most people, because they said the roof, the kitchen, the floors, the this, the that, how, about how much is left of your mortgage? Like, mm, 80000 right? It's not exact, but it gives you an idea for what you can work with, right? And let me are now listening to the Your First Steps podcast. It's great to talk about million-dollar dreams, but where do we start? How do we get there? Listen up. As you hear directly from real estate industry leaders on how they reach success in their fields, and most importantly, what were their first steps? Let's get this party started. Here's your host, Eli the Real Estate Guy. Hey, how's it going, guys? Thank y'all so much for tuning into another episode of the Your First Steps podcast. And today I'm doing another solo episode. Uh, I understand that some of you guys like this style of episode. So I want to go ahead and give you guys this again. So today I'm going to be speaking about the eight different things that you need to get or accomplish whenever you're cold calling someone uh, so that you can get your first wholesale deal. All right. So I'll go ahead and uh, jump straight into it. Um, I'll start off with number one. Number one, you want to know who you're speaking with. All right. It sounds basic, right? But whenever you're getting on the phone, you want to make sure that you're speaking with the right individual, right? Because several things can happen. Somebody like a friend could pick up the phone and you don't want to start asking them if they want to sell the property. Uh, you want to see if it's the wife, if it's the husband. Uh, you want to know who you're speaking with. Are you speaking to the right person? Do you have the wrong number? You want to identify the person that you're speaking with and you want them to, to know uh, right away that you're, you're, you're looking for them, basically. All right. So that's the first thing. Second thing is you want to see if they have any interest in selling their property. Right. So you don't want to just go in and start saying, oh, I could close fast. I could do this. I could do that first. Just see if they're even interested. Right. And so right at the first 20 seconds of the conversation, you identify the person that you're speaking with and you're seeing if they actually have any interest in selling a property. Now, what happens most of the time is whenever you're speaking with somebody, let's just say you have the right number right away. They may tell you, no, I'm not interested. Right. I have your rentals. I'm not interested in selling my property. Okay, cool. No problem. Move on to the next one, right? Don't try to be so attached to every single person and try to make every single person a deal. Not everybody's going to be a deal and everybody's going to be a lead. So you find out who the person is. And then next you check to see if they have any interest in selling their property. Now, moving along, let's say, let's say that they actually do show interest. Like, oh, Okay, well, I thought about it, or you know, maybe. Well, what? Why do you ask? What are you looking to offer? All right. Now, from there, you go on to find out the condition of the property. You don't just start off by throwing out a price because you know nothing about the property. They may ask you right away, "What do you want to give me for it?" But you just let them know, like, "Hey, I have to actually get some details about the condition of the property that I can give you a ballpark of what we'd be able to offer." And then from there, if that sounds good, then we'll schedule an appointment to actually come in person and see that property. Right. So from there, uh, now that you know the, the condition of the property, you ask them things, how old is the roof? How old is the AC? Uh, have you done any remodeling to the kitchen or bathrooms in the last couple of years? 
Uh, you know, have you done, have you replaced the floor? Have you done anything to the home? Like ask you, ask these questions so that you could see a picture of the home uh, in your mind and understand, should you even go further? Because there are times to where they would say, yes, I am interested in selling my home. He's like, okay, well, when did you replace the roof? Last month. Did you do any remodeling to the kitchen? Yep. Last month. Did you do this? Yep. I just did it. Just did it. Just did it. All right. So now you're in a situation where it doesn't really make sense for you to really move this, this, this property or get under contract because they're probably better off listing this on the MLS. Right. And so once you get down to the point to where you're asking them for the price point, most likely they're saying, I want the full price for it. Right. So those folks, uh, I would refer them to an agent, right? And I'd rather get a marketing fee or something like that uh, instead of trying to see if I can get that house at a discount. It's like, no, you're not trying to do that uh, for those types of properties. What you want to do with those types of properties is either move them along to an agent or just move past them. But let's just say they're like, oh man, the roof is a wreck. I haven't done remodeling in the last 20 years, you know, and, and they're showing those different signs of it needs some work, right? And so now that you have that in mind, uh, then you ask, okay, off the top of your head, do you know about how much is left in a mortgage, right? And it's very, very, very important that you ask the question like this. If you just say, all right, how much is left on your mortgage? They're going to say, none of your business, all right? It's very, very, very important that you ask them in that way. After you ask them all these different details, because they're already answering your questions, you then want to uh, say, okay, off the top of your head, you don't have to be exact about how much is left of your mortgage. Then they'll give you a ballpark. Some people will still say none of your business, but most people, because they said the roof, the kitchen, the floors, the this, the that, how, about how much is left of your mortgage? Like, mm, 80000 right? It's not exact, but it gives you an idea for what you can work with, right? And let me explain why this is important. Because if it's a $300,000 house, and they owe 80,000, you got some room to give them different options. You could uh, do a wholesale, you could acquire yourself to flip. There's a lot more room for what you wanna do. But if it's a $300,000 house and they owe 290 on it, now all of a sudden you don't have that many options. Maybe you could do like an Airbnb or something or something else to where you'll get a lot more uh, of, of a cash flow uh, for that type of property. But in most cases, I typically don't deal with those types of properties. I only deal with properties that have a good amount of equity in them, right? So that's why you would ask for about how much is left in a mortgage. All right, number five, all right? Uh, you want to know if they have a price range that they're looking to receive for the property, all right? Now, there are some people that are different about this. Some people will say, don't even ask them about the price. You let them know your price or don't talk about price at all. Just go ahead and meet them. From what I've found in my market, right, I like to at least ask them, okay, well, what what are they looking to do, right? What What's important to them, right? And after they sell a price, even ask, okay, well, why is that number important? What are you looking to do? Are you looking to have a certain amount uh, in pocket when this closes? Uh, you know, just overall, just getting to feel like what's what's going on, right? So that that's why you want to get an idea for what their price is, because if what's important to them is that particular price, then they may tell you, or they may say, no, you give me a ballpark of what it is, right? So that's uh, that's where I would go with that, all right? And then uh, next, I would actually, uh, number six, I'll get an idea for why they want to sell, right? After you've gotten the ballpark price of what they wanted, after you've seen the condition of the property, uh, after you understand about how much is left on a mortgage, after all this stuff has happened, right? 
you get down to number six, which is why do they actually want to sell the property? And the way that you ask this is not by saying, why do you want to sell it? You don't just ask that, right? You first got to go through the things like, okay, I see the roof is this. I see this, I see that. You know what? It looks like a, you know, it seems like a pretty good property. Uh, why are you looking to sell it? Are you looking to uh, get into a bigger home uh, or what, what are you looking to do? Always assume something positive whenever you're saying this, right? You don't want to ever say anything like, oh, why do you want to sell it? What are you in foreclosure or something? Why do you want to sell it? What are you losing your house? You don't want to do that. You always want to uh, say something positive so that they can be more freely uh, express expressive whenever they're expressing the issue, right? So it'll be a thing of, oh, okay, well, what are you looking to do? Are you looking to get into a bigger home? Oh, no, actually, my husband lost his job. So, you know, we're, we're, uh, we have to get something that we can afford. Those are the type of conversations you have after the question is presented like that. I guarantee you, if you just say, all right, cool, cool, you got this, you got that, why do you want to sell? Now, if you're speaking with somebody that's a landlord or a property owner that has multiple properties, they may communicate better with that, right? Because of that personality type. But for the most part, depending on who you're speaking with, right? And if you're, especially if you speak with somebody who's living in a home, they have their nine to five, they're not real estate investors, right? This is a home that they bought and they're in a situation to where it's like, man, I don't want to just lose a home and get anything, you know, and out of nowhere, you end up calling them and being uh, a solution for them. You want to make sure that you're sensitive to that exact situation. Uh, and you want to make sure that they understand that you're there to help them, right? You're there to help them in their time of need, right? And so in this situation, you want to make sure you're being as sensitive as possible and you want to understand where they're coming from. You want to know what's important to them at that particular situation. So uh, they'll say, all right, we're, we're down, downsizing or uh, I have X amount of properties I'm looking to liquidate because I'm getting into the multifamily uh, or my you know, spouse passed away or you know, whatever situations, medical bills, whatever it is, right? You want to get that down because that's going to help you form a solution for them. And you remind them of how your particular offer will help them with that particular situation. You get what I'm saying? All right. And then from there, you let them know, okay, well, pretty much based off of uh, everything that we see here, it looks like we're uh, not too far apart on what we could do. So uh, I am available tomorrow at five o'clock. I am available at this time or whatever. And then you let them know, like, okay, well, what time works for you? You schedule that appointment. And that's where you would actually go through uh, and schedule that appointment, go to their home. Uh, so you can uh, give that exact offer instead of a ballpark offer that you would have given. Right. And so uh, once you're at the appointment, that appointment, I will do another video for that, what you actually do uh, at appointments, but you want to go ahead and schedule that appointment over the phone. Right. And so after you schedule that appointment, then you just let them know, like, okay, so just to make sure I'm meeting you on August 3rd at uh, 12 o'clock. Uh, that's uh, a Tuesday. Uh, and that's coming up next week. All right. You say, yep. Yeah, okay, great. So I'll go ahead and I'll send you a text here or I'll send you an email or I'll send you a whatever, right. Uh, confirming that date and time. Why do you want to do that? You want to do that because people have lives, right? People have lives. People will forget, right? Especially if they, they, they don't know you, right? Yes. They may be in a bind, they got a lot more going on than to remember this appointment that they set with you. So not only do you want to say it out loud so that they hear it, 
right? You also want to give them that secondary notification of, hey, just a reminder, right, uh, of what we spoke about. Now, from there, um, at the end, you want to make sure that, okay, um, now is there anybody else that you're going to be making the decision with? Are you going to be there? Uh, do, you, do I need to speak with your wife? Do I need to speak with your son? Do I need to speak with somebody? You want to make sure that anybody that's considered a decision maker, you want to make sure that they're actually at the appointment. And I'll explain why. You want to do that because when you only speak with one person or the person that's not the decision maker, all of a sudden they're like, oh, man, it looks good. All right, leave that contract there. I'll speak to my wife tonight and I'm going to get back to you, right? So you did all that work and they hit you with the, I'm going to get back to you. Now, sometimes those still end up being contracts, but if you knew that the wife was not going to be there, then you probably would have scheduled things differently. You would have tried to make an attempt to have her there, or you would have made it a point to maybe have her on the phone or something. I've had those situations to where I had to first ask them, okay, well, is your wife going to be there? No. Okay, great. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, can, can we call her while we're there? Okay, perfect. Right. And of course it wasn't having her on the phone throughout the entire time. But once we actually start talking numbers and the contract was presented, then I'm like, yeah, let's go ahead and get your wife on the phone so that we could actually have the conversation. Right. So that way it's not a, oh, I'm going to tell her separately and use her as an excuse to say no. You know what I mean? So you want to make sure you're speaking with both of them. And so that way you could actually address what the real issues are, right? And of course, that person that is not there is going to have tons of questions. Who are you? Where are you from? Why is this this price? And of course, the first price you say is going to be, ah, well, no, absolutely not, right? And I'll get into the appointments. I know I'm jumping ahead on another video right now, but you want to make sure that you give an offer that's slightly below what you would be able to do. And then you would work your way up to what the offer is because your first offer, regardless of what you say, Oh, for this $300,000 house, I'll give you 400,000, like 400,000. Oh, I don't know. I don't know about that. Trust me, go slightly lower than what you would do and then go right above to it. All right. And from there, that'll be enough information uh, to actually schedule that appointment so that you can go ahead and do those additional steps. So again, running down the eight things, you want to uh, know who you're speaking with. Uh, you want to see if they have any interest in selling the property. You want to know the condition of the property. Uh, know the approximate balance that's left on the mortgage. All right. You want to uh, know if they had a ballpark of what they wanted for the property. Uh, you want to understand why they're looking to sell. You want to schedule that appointment, and then from there, you want to make sure that all the decision makers are actually there. All right. So again, thank you all so much for tuning into this uh, episode of the Your First Steps podcast. Uh, again, uh, let me know if you guys have any questions about the steps uh, of wholesaling. Go ahead and put those in the comment section below, and I'll answer them the best that I can. Uh, and of course, if I don't have the information uh, for you, because again, I only give information that I actually do, right? I only give things that I, I have uh, experience in. And so if you're asking, like, I don't do you know a lot of virtual wholesaling because... Well, I live in Houston and Houston is a great market to do wholesaling. Now, if I was in one of these uh, places like a New York or a California to where it's a lot more difficult, a lot more competitive, 
uh, and my, I'd probably be doing all virtual, right? But because I'm in a great location, uh, there isn't a lot of need for me to do the virtual wholesaling. You know what I mean? So uh, if you're asking virtual wholesaling questions, got done for you. But if you're asking about how do you actually get your deal in your market, I'm your guy. All right. And also, if you want to learn how to get your first uh, wholesale uh, deal, I actually create an ebook called Wholesaling 101 Your First Steps. Uh, and the link to that will be at the bottom. And it's elitherealestateguy.com. That's the website that you'll go on. Again, that's elitherealestateguy.com. Uh, and from there, you'll be able to access that along with all the paperwork, contracts, and things of that nature that come with it. Uh, and it gives you all the tips that you need to actually get your first wholesale deal. All right. So again, thank y'all so much for watching this video. Uh, be sure to like and subscribe to this channel. Uh, and I cannot wait for you to get your first deal. Y'all take care. Thank you for listening to the Your First Steps podcast. Let us know what you thought about this episode by leaving a review. And don't forget to subscribe.